So um, just this whole conversation of like people having ulterior motives and just, um, I don't know, like we've, we've gotten into this space of where people don't know how to receive you when you just come to say hi, or you just send them a friend request or you comment on their posts that you don't have any other motives, but just to say good job. Um, and it just, I have gotten to where if someone comments on something that I posted, I hesitate to, you know, reply back to them because I know what's coming next is, oh, I love to see that you and I are in the same industry and I love to connect with, I'm like, no, I know. <laughs> I don't want to sell your thing. I just wanted to say hi. And I like the shirt you're wearing. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> like, that's it. I don't know. I don't need no powders, no pills. No Come on. Come on. No, no. <laughs> Okay. And it's sad that it's sad because we were, I I did a Bible study this past summer with a group of friends and we were, the Bible study was on godly friendships. And we joked about how there, there's a group of people that it takes them a while before they know that they can be friends with someone. Cause they're kind of like, I don't really know you. I got to see how far I can lean in and like, love you, so to speak. And I told him, I said, like, I think since childhood, I've always been the child that like everybody on the playground is my best friend until they're not. And my middle child is like that, where he'd be like, oh, this is my best friend. And we're like, oh, when did y'all meet? And he's like, just now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and that's just who I am. Like I go all in from day one of like, yeah, I could be having a conversation with somebody on a thread on a post. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're my best friend now, you know, where they're like, no, we just had like a five converse, five post conversation (laughs) anyway. (laughs) No, I think it's, it's that authenticity. You know what I mean? Like, I think your heart is genuine. Your heart is pure. You're being your authentic self and you're presenting your authentic self to the world. There is no, like you said, there's no ulterior motive. You're not trying to get people to like you. You're not trying to get people to sell something that you have. Right. And and I think that's rare right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like people just showing up as their authentic self. And I don't know if that's because the fear of judgment, the fear of hurt. You know, if I really show up and just be who I am, will they like me? Um, will they hurt me? Will they take advantage of me? Yeah. Um, and I mean, even to that point of just the authenticity, I know that that word had become a buzzword um, just in general, like in life, that everybody wanted to be hashtag authentic, right? And it became such a buzzword that we, I think we unknowingly, started performing authenticity, which is kind of Mm. counterproductive, like, (laughs) right. Mm. Um, But we started doing authenticity as opposed to just being authentic. Mm. And it was like, what have we become? Yeah. We've become so rhythmic in, oh, that's how you do it. That's how they did it. So I want to be 
like that's authentic. So I'm going to be just like them as opposed, like we, we see this, we see it happening in different people and we see them get applauded. So we assume that they're the way they did it is the way that we all have to do it. And then we all start walking around looking like carbon copies of each other. Nobody knows what they sound like. Nobody knows what their true calling is. Nobody knows their gifting. They don't, we don't even know what brings us joy because we see what other people are doing and how joyful they were. So we assume we're supposed to do that thing. Um, And it just, um, I don't know, like, I think that this year in particular, I think people are really, I was talking to someone today about what used to be the quote unquote bucket list. People have thrown out the bucket and just, I'm going to do it today. I'm not going to, you know, here's what I'm going to do by the time I die. They're like, how about I just do it today (laughs) and check it off because what am I waiting for? Right. 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 um, And in that vein, we're realizing we may have lived the majority of our lives trying to be someone that we thought everybody else thought we were supposed to be when I didn't even want to be that person. So Mm -hmm. just figure out who am I? What is it that I really do enjoy? Um, What do I think my calling is? And Am I even, am I good at the thing that I kept saying I'm no good at, you know? So anyway, so y'all, I hit record because I didn't want y'all to miss the conversation (laughs) that you were having. Um, I am joined today by another sister in Christ who gets to serve in the space of faith and fitness. And we met at a faith and fitness conference. Yep. And I almost didn't go to that conference. I'm telling y'all a true story. I almost didn't go because I really wasn't sure why I was being asked to be there. So I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know any uh, anyone else that was going to be there other than um, the, the host who had invited me. Um, and I really wasn't clear on what was happening when I would get there. And so me being the type of person that I don't like to go into spaces by myself, I like to have either meet someone there or go with someone. I was a little intimidated of showing up in this space. And y'all, I'm going to tell you that I locked eyes with this sister and it was like, I knew her from grade school. And I'm like, why do I know her? I mean, I ended up figuring out that you remind me of my sister-in-law so much that it's just ridiculous. Um, But y'all, I'm going to, I'm going to hand over the mic so that she can introduce herself and just kind of share with y'all a little bit of who she is and what she's doing. And then we're going to dive into um, just a conversation that I always promise in this space, it's going to help you adjust your focus. So Tell us who you are, what you're doing, where you are, and whatever else you want to share. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this space. I mean, and just for your yes, because, you know, we all live busy, full lives. And there could be a lot of things that you could be doing during this hour, but you said yes to God. So thank you. Um, And I felt the same way when I first met you, like, oh my goodness, like I've got to connect with her more. And I'm just so thrilled that, you know, we kind of share the same journey, um, being connected through Revelation Wellness now. (laughs) I finally said yes to that. 
but my name is Natoya Franklin and um, I am a holistic health coach and my specialty is I work with women and children. Somebody told me I had to just pick one and I was like, nah, that's not God. Didn't tell me that. <laughs> right. I'm a woman and I have kids. So how about that? Right. <laughs> Like, you got a new job. You can only do one group at a time. Anyhow, I'm a holistic coach for women and children. I help them to be fit mentally, spiritually, and physically. And I am also the owner of Serenity Life Fitness. And Serenity was born uh, about 11 years ago, believe it or not. Um, I started doing Zumba in my basement because I went to the doctor and I know many women can relate to this story. You know, they get on the scale <laughs> and you don't like what you see. And the doctor confirms that you need to do something to change your weight, your lifestyle, whatever. And my doctor wasn't rude about it. He just said, you know what? You have a history of diabetics in your family high blood pressure, all kinds of things, cancer, it probably would be a good idea for you to lose some weight. Mm -hmm. Now, I hated exercise, hated it. And when I say hate, I know it's a strong word. I hated it. You could not catch me at a gym consistently. That wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. And for you to look at me now and see where I'm at, you're probably like, what? But it's the truth. Um, so I started doing Zumba in my basement and I lost 20 pounds doing it. And I said, you know what? I think I could teach this. I wanna teach this. Let me try to teach this. So at the time I was a third grade teacher, I went to my principal and I was like, hey, I lost 20 pounds doing Zumba. I'm so excited, I wanna teach this. And she's like, okay, you can use the gym. So I started teaching Zumba at Washington Elementary School in the Midwest here. We're um, about 45 minutes away from Chicago. A little town called Waukegan. <laughs> Most people don't know about Waukegan. But I started doing Zumba there and my family members started coming, which I was shocked that they came. They started coming and attending my classes, the staff, the community, and it just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where we had outgrown that space. And so um, it was my husband and the encouragement of my sisters that said, you know what, you really need to get your own space and make this thing official. Mm. And so that's how Serenity came about. And I started, I went out and I called, did some phone calls and I got my own location. I was scared, so scared, because I never thought entrepreneurship was gonna be my path. Just didn't, I really didn't. And so simultaneously while building my wellness business, I was also still teaching in public schools. So I was a third grade teacher for six years. And then I became a middle school teacher for three years. And then I became an instructional coach. Let's see, check God out. <laughs> Moved me from the littles. Then he said, okay, now I want you to look at the middle school. Right. Now I want you to look at the infrastructure of how school systems are set up. Because as a coach, that was my job. I went, yes, I went in and I coached teachers, but I did a lot of work with principals and a lot of work with superintendents and, you know, trying to figure out what framework was going to fit for our school, our district and all of that. And being the only black woman doing that in the district, um, there was a lot of opposition there. 
a lot. But um, about two and a half years into the instructional coaching position, I felt God tugging on my heart. I had just given birth to my, now he's three, Trenton. Um, he was about six months where I heard the call. I started getting like really uncomfortable being there, going mm -hmm. there every day. I felt like God was saying, I need you to pursue your business full time now. You, you've done, you've done the work and you've tried to do both. And this was training ground. And, and I'll tell you exactly how I know this was training ground because I'm still connected to schools. But this, that was the training ground. Now I need you to go. I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, I'm in debt. Right. I, I, was, I was making it on a teacher salary. And you know, fitness can be hard too because sometimes people won't be consistent. And you know, managing your own fitness spaces. It can be really, really hard um, to make consistent money and income, profit, whatever. And so I'm managing, I'm trying to do it all. And God's like, no, I, I need you to let it go. So my test was at the time I had started doing wellness coaching, health coaching for women. I went through the School of Integrative Nutrition. I finished that certification. I started health coaching, my health coaching practice with women and working with women, I discovered there was such a need to go back to the child in them mm. that a lot of them were struggling because there was trauma from when they were little and the things that they were told and the things that they would say over and over and rehearse in their heads over and over again that kept them stuck that kept them bound, that kept them just on a downward spiral. And so at the time I, I had about six instructors working um, with Serenity. And there was one instructor friend, I came to her and I said, listen, I feel like God is saying, we need a youth program now, you know, and it should be focused on girls. And this is why. And she's like, okay, let's do it. So we went to a coffee shop. We wrote on a napkin. I can't remember all the names, but I know there were like two or three names that we wrote on the napkin and we're writing on the napkin like, okay, what should we call it? We knew what it should look like. We knew it was movement and it was mindfulness and it was um, like emotional mental health support. And we knew it was all of that. We just didn't know what to call it. So we're like, okay, what should we call it? We have the three names on the napkin. Rhythm was one of them. And so at the time the waiter came and she took our order and we were like, which name do you think will stick? And she picked rhythm. So we said, we're gonna call it rhythm. And wow. so now we have a youth program, rhythm, reaching hearts of youth through health and movement is what it stands for. And really it has been such a movement in our area, in the Lake County area, Cook County area, where we have been blessed to be able to go into schools. Now God took me out of schools, put me back into schools in his way, on his terms, uh, <laughs> where yeah. I'm reaching children, reaching hearts of children alongside, check this out, my husband, 
who came alongside me and now partners with me to do this work together. He ministers to the boys and I minister to the girls and we tag team. Um, and we have been blessed to work with 25 schools. We are um, in, a, in about three different districts now. And we're, get, we're getting to the point where we have, a, we have a good problem. And the good problem is we can't do it all anymore. So now we have to hire because it's that big. Uh, so I don't know did I answer the question <laughs> right fast enough because I, I told you I don't I don't I don't come to the interview with notes I don't come to the conversation with notes but as the person's talking I love to kind of jot down some things to circle back um and I couldn't write fast enough but um I'm just everything that you just shared what kept running through my mind is there's nothing wasted there's nothing wasted. Like God doesn't waste a single thing. And, and I know that so much of what you just said has spoken to probably every person that is listening to this episode right now, because whether it is the person that doesn't know what comes next or the person that is questioning, I wonder if my husband even values what I do. You know what I mean? The person that is the school teacher that hello, COVID, the school teacher that's like, I don't really think this is my calling. <laughs> like, you know, I have several friends who are in that space. Um, or even the person that they had the conversation with their doctor. And the doctor has said to them, here's the reality of what's happening in your body. Um, I mean, man, just I could go in so many different directions just off of your introduction. <laughs> so, but I just, let me pause and just say, good job. Like good job staying in it while God worked it out in you. Because oftentimes while God is working on something, we go in a different direction and you, and we're like, okay, you just let me know when you're ready and I'll come back, God. Right. Or we sit the thing down because even though we trust that he's working on it, we sit it down and say, if he needs me to pick it back up, he'll tell me. You know, and like what a what a gift to see you stay in it. And I'm sure that like we're getting the highlights. We haven't even gotten the <laughs> sleepless nights and the prayers. Man, man. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yes. It was. Right. Woo. Yeah. yeah. But Many it just nights. It makes me proud of you to hear you retell it and to, to hear you say, we have a good problem right now that we have to hire people. And I'm and I'm running through my mental Rolodex of like, who do I know in Chicago? That I <laughs> Like, I know somebody in every city. I'm like, who, who lives in Chicago? Look, and I'll just put it out there. Like, my first thought was Michelle Obama. I don't know Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm going to start high. Okay. Like, and work my way down the list. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> hey, hey, guys, from our mouth to your ears, we need Michelle Obama to find out what's happening with rhythm. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. But I, again, like just so much of what you just said speaks to um, the audience that I've tried to really reach in this podcast. And that primarily is 
the group of women who know that God is speaking to them in their life, um, whether it be personally or professionally. Um, and we try to make sure that every episode helps people to adjust their focus. And um, just before we hit record, we were talking about just the, the, the necessity of making sure that we know where our focus is because we don't have time to waste, because we know that there are things that God has called us to do, that if we don't trust him in the process, we can get sidetracked by watching what everybody else is doing. Oh. Yes. Or be somebody else's highlight reel. Yes. And we assume, oh, that's how I'm going to get to where I need to get. And we don't even know the road that they've traveled to get there. Mm. So we see the finished work or we even see just what, like, we assume it's finished, but the person might be like, oh, no, no, this is like just getting started. Right. Um, and we make this assumption that all we have to do is know their 12 steps and we can take the next step, 12 steps and we'll get there. But most of the time, that's just not true. Um, so, you, and I did jot this down. You, you had mentioned before we hit record, um, that you're in a season right now of clear focus on what you need to focus on. And so the podcast is called momentum focus. Our focus is an acronym and I repeat this every time because I don't want people to forget it. Um, finish our commitments unapologetically stronger. And when we look at the focus, the reason it, it reason it's our O U R is because collectively, I truly believe that we overcome by the power of our testimony and His Word. Right, the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. When we come together and we share. Here's how I trusted in God. Here's where he made me wait. Here's how I got through the wait. Here's where I messed up. You don't want to do this, right? Like, not that we owe, I had someone recently tell me, you don't owe anybody the details of when it got painful. You just, you get to tell them just enough so that when you speak, they know that you know what you're talking about. Mm. And that's it. And it took the weight off of me of assuming that I had to tell everybody that I had to qualify why I'm speaking. Mm. And she said, no. And she, she said just that when your focus is clear, that you are here to do what God has asked you to do. And he's asked you to take some steps. And yes, you might've had some moments where you felt like you were in the Valley and you can tell them that, but you don't have to tell them everything he said to you in the Valley. Yeah. Cause that's between you and him. And, and, she, and she said, to make the assumption that we have to say all those things, we're trying to qualify ourselves and only God gets to qualify us. Right. Um, so I want to come, come back to this space of just your clear focus on what you need to focus on. Um, let's unpack that for a second of how did you, how did you get to the space? And that, that might be a loaded question, how you got there. Cause we don't, again, you don't owe anybody the steps. Um, but how did you know I'm going to have to sharpen this focus? Cause if I don't, you know what I mean? Like, cause sometimes we have to put blinders on and not pay attention. And then other times God says, take the blinders off. Cause I need you to look around and see 
that though you feel like you're surrounded, that's the wall of the Red Sea that I just parted for you, <laughs> you know, where he's like, keep walking. And you're just like, okay, because if I look backwards, mm. I know what's at my back, you know? Yeah. So let's, let's camp out there for a second. What, what does that look like for you to have clear focus and what you know right now God is telling you to focus on? Well, I think it took a lot of um, humility. Um, I had to first realize that I needed, I needed to process what I believe God was telling me with someone else. And I actually see a therapist. And so going to my therapist, it's been like a three-year journey with my therapist. Girl, she the bomb.com, just saying. <laughs> she has helped me through that valley. Um, and she just so happens to be a Christian therapist too. Mm. So that's like the icing on the cake, because it's like, all right, when I when I I I doubt God or I'm just going through that that I'm really struggling with that tough time of, am I really hearing him correctly? She's a constant reminder. No, God's not done with your story. And this is what he says. Mm -hmm. And so even right now, I would say God spoke to my heart um, during the pandemic, when the pandemic broke out, it was like, you know, the pandemic, what it brought about for me was just a greater Mm self-awareness of where I was spiritually, mentally, emotionally, all of that, the stuff, the ook on the inside of me that I have suppressed and pushed down because it's superstar, you know, let me keep going, right? And there was stuff coming out of me that I was just like, why is this coming out? Anger, um, hurt, just bitterness, and I'm like, where is this coming from? And doing the work with her, I realized that there was stuff from my childhood with my mom. And my mom um, died when I was 12 years old. She had lupus. And I just discovered, like maybe a month ago, I had another breakdown because I just discovered that it wasn't necessarily the lupus that she passed away from. It was complications of... Maybe the lupus brought it on, but she died of um, infection in her body. And I I think she just wasn't treated well. And it was because we were poor and she was on stage insurance. So she didn't have the best doctor. She didn't have the best care. I should say that. And so um, that kind of hurt because I didn't know for 25 years I was thinking, oh, it was lupus, lupus, lupus. And it really wasn't until I got the death certificate. I found out what it was. But I say all that to say. God spoke to me last year and he said, I need you to write your grief story about your mom. And I was thinking, okay, I'm writing it for my my adult audience, the women that I coach, dealing with my trauma. And he said, no, I want you to write it in the form of children's literature. We want me to write a, a children's book, a picture book? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. So I wrote it out last year. I only told my husband and my two sisters because we both, we know the story, right? Mm-hmm. And I let my husband read it. 
he's like, I think this is really good. But Toy, I think you also, what you left out was you left out that her and her passing, it motivated you. It was like your drive to be better and be the best you because you want to make her proud. It's something inside of you that you want to accomplish. Um, and it just kind of was like hope at the end of the story. So don't leave them hanging. So anyhow, I made the excuses of, I can't publish this right now because I don't have the money. I don't have the time to research who's going to be my illustrator. I, I don't have, I don't even know what to do. Like I have no clue on how to write a book, publish it, any of that. So I let it, I just kind of put it to the side, let it just, it was in my Google Drive. And I made the mistake of telling one person who held me accountable. And um, it was actually my husband's aunt. <laughs> um, she can relate to my story. And the only reason why I shared the story with her because it resonated with her. Her mother also passed away. And so she, in December of 2021, reached out and said, so when are you publishing that book that you wrote? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll get right. back to you on that. Right. So from there, the book starting, the like book writing started from there. And just, I found out, I just reached out to another local author that was in our area and she's doing an amazing job and she's on her 29th book now. And I'm like, wow, she's doing, and she also, her background is she's a teacher also. So I'm like, well, she's doing it. I can't be that hard. So I reached right. out to her. I wanted to know all the things. And she was gracious enough to share with me just a little bit of things that I needed to know to get started, who to ask. And so I ended up researching how to publish and self-publish. And I published, I didn't publish Tanika's Unforgettable Dream was the book that I wrote last year. I didn't publish that first. I actually published Mason's, um, Mason and his superpower first because I did not, I had an arrangement with one illustrator for Tanika first and just didn't work out. So while I was in the process of publishing Tanika's Unforgettable Dream, I was also writing Mason. And so I said, well, I sent the idea and the concept to the potential new illustrator and he wowed me with his work. So then I went back to him and said, can you do Tanika too? Because I started off with another person, but I think you're a better fit. So that's how authorship came about. And so my focus this year, God has been speaking to my heart. Like ever since I said yes and I hit publish on my first book, it's been like more ideas. Like I can't sleep. It's like in the shower and because you're on how how many books since the since that first book? And this was December. I'm right. on fourth, my fourth book now. That's what I was, I, th I thought it was four or five. Cause I'm like watching <laughs> and, and like, just as we're like, yay, you're like, here's the other book. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? Like, is she like inhaling and exhaling books? <laughs> but it like, I, I just, I was just telling a friend about your books because she was talking about her her son and just kind of his wild imagination and in his 
he's just a tiny little boy, but has all these ideas and all these things that he wants to do and what he wants to be. And as she was telling me about her son, I kept seeing your books. And I told her, I said, I know someone that just wrote a bunch of books about kids. And I think that they're going to speak to your son and I need to get you copies of them. And she's like, please do. And I thought of the story that you said that your one of your boys uh, wanted to know why he wasn't in one of the books. And she laughed and she said, oh, that sounds like something my son that he would say he would want to know why the name of the book wasn't his name. And how come how come there aren't stories about him? And so we started talking about just the need for the representation yes. of brown and black kids seeing themselves on the pages, whether it be from skin color to hair texture to names that yes. they would hear names that sound like them. And and it just I don't it blessed me. And even just as you're telling this of your therapist just affirming you and inviting you into this healing space and what you started talking about the work that you get to do with women and how you realize that you got an opportunity to speak to their inner child and how this has come full circle (laughs) and what a gift what a gift that God says oh because you poured out to these other people I'm going to see to it that you are also taken care of. Come on. (laughs) I read the books and like, especially Tanika, because that's the one, right? That's my grief story. I read it and I'm like, tears, tears, because it was like, oh, what is that? Is it Proverbs 1125? He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like. That's what just happened. That's what just, and, and I remember when you published that book and I didn't, I didn't know that you were working on a story and this is the timing of God just because we were supposed to had had this interview back before the book was even a thing. Right. Yeah, right. Before the book, well, was even- it was written in Google drive. <laughs> right. You had sat it down and you were like, I'll come back to you later. Um, but the timing of it is I know that it was a gift from God because when when I saw you post about the book and you kind of shared a little bit of the backstory that it was your grief story, it was like it, it was like it shot me in my heart in a good way where it, something in me woke up and a I realized that I had to have this conversation with you. But then I knew that there was a deeper connection to us because I told you when I first met you, I was like, why do I feel like I know this girl? When I when I saw you posting about, well, this is my grief story because I lost my mom and I'm like, I lost my mom. And I wanted to like I wanted to jump through the screen like somebody gets it. Somebody understands. And I didn't lose my mom when I was a child, but you're still a child when you lose your mother. I don't care how old you are, right? Because I, when I lost my mother, I was already an adult and already had children. I had just had my daughter. She, in fact, the last picture I have of my mother living, she was holding my daughter, and my daughter was eight weeks old. And my mom, so, and that would have been, my daughter was born in May. That would have been like June or July, and my mom passed away that following February. So to see, um, 
I don't know, just to, to know that that, like, I haven't even read the book yet. And I already feel like it's going to help me, the little girl in me. You know what I mean? Like the little girl in me that says, who's going to explain this to me? Oh, I know. Like I have a knot in my throat, right? Now. <laughs> like, Who's going to explain grief that you've never felt? Right. And, and you, you add that on top of the other, like you said, the ladies that you were working with of healing the narrative that created the downward spiral that nobody spoke to the little girl. And we all just grew up and we're all adult bodies, but the little girl in us, somebody still needs to have a conversation with her, not to shame her, not to blame her, not to chastise her, but to redirect her mm. and to tell her that I, that somebody cares and that somebody's there to protect her. Somebody's going to take care of her. Somebody's going to teach her how to be an adult woman. Yes. Yeah. And then you insert having your own children and you're like, I don't even know how to take care of me. I don't want to break them. You know what I mean? Like, yes, ooh, yes, goodness. yes. I mean, and I'm great. I'm grateful for your therapist. That's the bomb.com because, <laughs> because of her saying yes to like, yeah, let's keep going with this. Um, and even just that, even just you sharing that, I felt like that, I feel like that's permission to some other women to know, especially us as black women to know that these are topics that you do need to speak to. You potentially need to speak to someone other than just your girlfriend and your pastor. I'm just going to say that too. You know, I think because we have been in the black church, it's your pastor has all the answers, right? You go to him for everything. Right. And I had to learn, I mean, I didn't grow up in church, but I've been churched. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found the Lord 18. Yeah. I was 18 in college lost, just really lost confused um and didn't know him at all like <laughs> the fact that I'm on this path I'm telling you because when I found the Lord and I started I was sold out my sisters was like you're weird like <laughs> can you still go to the movies like can you still, you know like they act silly you know because they're like this is because I was mm, thank God that I'm not who I used to be <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that you know what I mean by you don't owe anybody the qualifi qualifying factors. Just know that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Just know. And I know that this, you are looking at a picture of grace and mercy. Man, man, head to toe. Head, head to, toe. to toe, right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just had to learn that you, you go into your pastors and thinking, oh, they're going to be the ones that's going to bring this healing in me or even them just saying, go pray and talk to God about it. Go fast and, you know, yeah. it, you'll be healed. And I believe in all of that. I believe in the miracles of Jesus Christ. I believe they still live and exist. I've witnessed miracles. I'm a miracle. I, all of that. I believe in all of that. But yet God also has equipped certain people counselors, therapists to come alongside you and support you on this journey. And we've missed out on it as a black community. We've missed out on it 
for decades because of pride or because of shame or guilt or I'm supposed to be a strong black woman so I don't need to go and talk to somebody because then that means I'm crazy you know and it's not that it's just that you just need support and it's totally okay I tell my therapist you're stuck with me now you like it's a wrap like um <laughs> thank god that she understands how to do the virtual thing because I don't know if I'll forever be in this space and live in this area but well and it's wild because like I remember reading something once about how to know if the if you found the right counselor the things to look for what you need in a counselor and one of the things that i read said oftentimes we choose a counselor um one of the needs that we look to fill it's usually someone in our life that's no longer there and so we look to that counselor almost like a um an archetype of who that person was in our life. So if it's a, if it's a mother figure or maternal figure, you are more likely to choose a counselor who kind of fits that model, not necessarily look, looks like that person, but kind of matches what you assumed that person would have been for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's a paternal figure, like you, you're more likely to lean towards a person that it's could be the pitch of their voice or their name. It could, you know, a number of things that we're drawn to. And, and just, even as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, like I'll look at my counselor and I'm like, she's very much a maternal figure for me. Now that you say that I can, that yeah. makes me too. Very and I think, I think that's worth noting for even the person that's listening that says, yeah, I would like to find a counselor, but I'm not really know what to look. I don't know what to look for. Like consider what it is that you need. What is the, what's the specialty area that that counselor has? Like what some counselors are just women. Some counselors are just families and children. Some specialize in trauma, um, and I think when we were looking for a counselor for my, one of my boys, we, I went to like psychologytoday.com and, and went to look up a counselor. There are tons of resources like betterhelp.com. Um, <clears throat> there's another podcast that I started following um, called Black Girls Heal or Black Girls Can Heal. And they offer resources for finding counselors. <clears throat> there's a couple others. Um, because specifically in the black community, I know that some of my listeners are black and not, um, <laughs> that the, in the black community specifically, I know that a lot more churches are becoming vocal about mental health being health, that it's not like your health and then mental health, that it's a, like it's an afterthought, but it's a part of who we are yes. of the whole person just as much as God is father, son, and Holy spirit, we are physical beings with mental health. Yes. We all have mental health and the wellness or the wholeness of our mental health is at our access. Like it is completely up to us to see to it that we are healthy and whole. Um, And there are things that have happened to us and through us that try to steer us in the direction of being disintegrated or dejected or you name it. Um, But more churches are starting to recognize we need to talk about this and it has to go, like you said, it has to go beyond just slapping a scripture on it. 
and, 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 and shaming a person and saying, God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. No, he hasn't. But have you watched the news? There are reasons that we could walk around afraid. Yeah. Yes, Jesus is real. And no, yeah. he hasn't given me a spirit of fear. And if I only focus on the world and the crazy of what is happening, and I could walk only in fear. And, and because we have scriptures that say, I get to take my thoughts captive. If the thoughts feel overwhelming, I get to sit with someone who is trained to help me redirect. And if it's a person who is, is certified to, to do the counseling in that direction and they know the Lord. Right. That's good. Icing on the cake. Like I said, icing. I mean, and it just, I love that you have, you have understood the necessity of the holistic approach to taking care of who we are, um, that, and it's Christ-centered because, um, I don't know, I've been having conversations recently with several women who are in the health and wellness industry, and I think we are all on the same train of we've got to get people back in their bodies that it, it can't just, we can't just um, have an experience in a class and then go home. And it's something different that like who you were in the class where you felt connected and you felt grounded and you felt strong and you felt emotionally available. She went with you home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like be in your body when you get home And if there's a detachment, that's when you've got to find out what happened in between that time. Because it it could have been a dialogue that you had on the drive home. Yeah. It could have been the friend that you called on the ride home. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and, and helping people to understand even when they're in the middle of a trauma, like you could be in the middle of a counseling session and it starts to rise up. And how often do we change the topic because we don't want to feel what we just felt? Right? Like, it just, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that. I just had, (laughs) (laughs) because it just, it like, it just, it struck a nerve in me because I really want to see women. And again, I know that there may be some men that are listening, but I know predominantly the audience of this particular podcast are women. Um, It's that old adage of like, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And I don't care if you have your own biological children or you are mothering a group (laughs) somewhere because of our, our emotions and our hormones, if we're not at peace with ourselves, we will by default take everybody else out with us as a yep. woman. Yes. Yes. And and we can cry victim and other people will come to our beck and call and we know that. And we can sometimes become manipulative with those emotions to get our own gain, but it's not for our good. Um Anyway, that's just another random thought. I don't know where that's going. Um. (laughs) You know what? I'm still, I guess because I have, I shouldn't be, but I'm still very shocked when I'm coaching a client and I make the referral to see a therapist 
mm. that they say, I don't like, I don't know where to start. Mm. And, I, and I guess I shouldn't be shocked, but I'm just like, we, I do believe that we have become more aware that there is a mental health crisis going on, but we still have a lot of work to do because I'm just so shocked when I hear it and I'm like, who told you that you, okay, so this is the analogy that I always use. I use this. I said, if your leg was broken and like, I don't know, you tripped over something and you fell and you broke your leg and there was no way that you could fix it, would you just sit down and pray about it and speak a scripture over your leg? Yeah. Or would you go to the ER <laughs> yeah. and have a professional look at your leg because you know you won't have the use of it that you need to um, if you don't see a professional? Hmm. And they always tell me, well, I would go to the ER. Absolutely. Well, why isn't it the same for your mental health? Why is it hesitation when it comes to your your mental health? Oh, well. I'll just pray about it or I'll I'll eat ice cream and or I'll use other things to self-soothe. I'm okay. I'll be all right. Yeah. I remember learning years ago um, in a nutrition course, we were talking about the quote unquote emotional eating and the facilitator said, um, you know, when you find out that your child made this remarkable achievement that they worked really, really hard for, how do you feel? And we were on a Zoom call and we typed in the chat, all the different emotions. She said, when you find out you've lost a loved one, how do you feel? Um, we just kind of went down this list of like potential scenarios, much like you just shared there and, and the emotions that come out of us. And she said, okay, when somebody graduates, how do you celebrate? We got to eat. When somebody dies, what happens? Everybody shows up at your house with food. When there's a wedding, what happens after the wedding? You celebrate with food. And she's like, we can't keep saying we're emotional eaters. Mm. Because culturally, regardless of your culture, we eat to celebrate. We eat to grieve. We eat to console. We eat to acknowledge. We eat to admonish. Our emotions are connected to food, mm -hmm. period. Yes. So we can't keep saying, well, I'm just an emotional eater. Every time you eat, there was an emotion. Every time. Yeah. So whether, it was, whether it was like, I am so disciplined right now. I am on top of things. I'm focused. Let me drink my smoothie. Right. <laughs> you go after it like gung ho or like I was this past weekend, like this is I'm tired of it. I need a tiramisu. And I went straight to the grocery store, to the bakery and bought myself the best tiramisu. But it's still sitting in my refrigerator because I took a few bites and was like, what am I doing? What is this? <laughs> but I say that because it just um, to what you just shared about. Um, are we just going to chalk it up and do things as usual? Are we willing, are we willing to go the extra mile to do what's necessary to see to it that we get the help that we're looking for? Or are we going to just continue to have the same narrative 
that puts us in the same spot. And then the shame kicks in and the blame kicks in. And then if we can't find somebody else to blame, we internalize it. And then a whole, you know, gamut of things go sideways. Um, well, I know that we're running out of time on this conversation and I know that it's going to be a part two because <laughs> I, I have questions. I have other things. That I want to <laughs> um, but I would love for you to um, wrap us up with if there was one thing and I know one thing feels like a big thing. And I don't mean one thing in terms of ranking necessity or value. But if there was one thing that you would want the women that are listening to know um, in this season, what do you want them to know? that they could walk away with and then take their own health into their hands? What would you want them to know? You matter. You, you are enough. Um, and just because you've got so much going on that you're trying to balance and figure out, it doesn't mean that you get to put your own health at the back burner. You have to be able to take care of you so that you can do what God has called you to do and live out your calling till its fullest. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, so I try to wrap every episode. I'm sure I've missed a few with something that has nothing to do with what we just talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Because music is my, um, love language, one of my love languages, um, what song would you say, (laughs) what song would you say if you had to pick a song that was your theme song for this season, what would that theme song be? Oh God. If you heard it right now, you would be like, yep. That's where, that's where I'm at right Um now. Have you heard of Scars to Your Beautiful? Yes. Yes. I know that song. I'm going to link it in the show notes because that song, yeah, that's that's one of the ones that when I'm making a playlist where I need the lyrics of every song to speak to every woman, Scars to Beautiful show up. That's by, yeah. is it Alessa, Alessa Cara? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scars. I would have to go with that. I love it. I love that. Yes. Well, I am grateful that you set aside time in your day um, to chat with me. Um, We're going to be working on some upcoming events and activities that will be the voices of some of the women that have been across this podcast. And I I hope that they get to hear your voice again, because I know that you, um, uh, you speak to a very unique group of people um, that I believe, I I won't say has been passed over, but I think they've, the individuals themselves have forgotten that they need to be spoken to. And so they put themselves in a different category. Um, and, and it covers a couple different things, but um, I'm blessed by the fact that what you shared of that scripture, that because you've poured out, God is pouring back into you and refreshing you. Um, and I'm, I'm blessed watching it happen through you. 
Um, just what a, what a gift, what a gift. And I'm, I'm excited to be able to walk alongside you and champion you and however I can support you. Y'all are probably going to see me blowing up our own social media with her content <laughs> just so we can put it in the hands of other people. I've already contacted a local bookseller in my area and told them they need to get your books. Oh, so wow. stay tuned for that. If I have to host a book signing in Atlanta and <laughs> bring you here <laughs> because because it needs to, the message needs to get out. And I love the fact that there's an opportunity to speak to the inner child, even as you picked it up and wrote it from the inner child space. Um, I think it's going to heal a lot of adults. It's gonna and be- I had no idea that it would, but God knew. God knew. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time again. And, um, As always, those of y'all that are listening, I hope that this conversation has helped you to really put your, put yourself in this conversation. Even if you listened and you heard it with the mindset of, man, I need to send this to someone else before you send it to someone else, will you sit with it and see what God wants to speak to you specifically about your life, about your dreams, um, about just what she said as she finished, um, that you matter because sometimes we pass it off to someone else, forgetting that we're the ones that needs to be taken care of. Um, well, until we get to chat again, friends, I hope that, um, you stay blessed. I hope that you stay well. Um, and remember that you always have the opportunity to live in your freedom and you don't owe anyone an apology or any portion of your freedom. God has plenty for them. So until we get to chat again, y'all take care and we'll see you around the next time.